This is The Big Sci-Fi Podcast. The biggest, most fun podcast in the galaxy. We're Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, and we love talking all things science fiction. This is season four, but our human adventure is just beginning as we gather around our computer consoles to discuss the science fiction of film, television, and literature. Join us on our quest for fun and fascination as we go where no podcast has gone before. Everyone has permission to come aboard the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, but make sure to find your seat fast because we're taking off in three, two, one. Hit it. This podcast is a part of the Trek Geeks Network. Greetings, listeners of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Now, I've been wanting to do this episode with my co-host for a while. Say hi, everybody. Co-host. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Howdy. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, what episode are we doing today? This is the Deanna Troy Appreciation episode. So, yep, you've heard that right. We are dedicating an entire show to dissecting, discussing, and downright celebrating the emotional and ethical center of the Enterprise D. I felt the time has come for us to acknowledge that amazingly complex Deanna Troy is a character deserving of her own time in the spotlight. When Star Trek Next Generation was in its initial run, I liked Deanna Troy, but I didn't think much more deeply about it. Over the years, as I've aged and rewatched and watched the character in Picard and rewatched and rewatched Next Generation, I've come to truly appreciate how amazing Deanna Troy, the character, truly is. So to kick off the appreciation, I want to point out that appreciating the character means it's as much an appreciation, appreciation, my gosh, I'm going to trip over that word like five times now. <laughs> it's as much an appreciation of the writers and the actress who brought this character to life as anything else. Okay. So we're going to get started with our first question for everybody. Is everyone ready? Yep. Yep. Cool. I was ready. Well, I want to know what everyone's favorite Deanna Troy moment was. You want mine? Sure. Go for it. First contact, drunk. Oh, with yeah. Zephyrin Cochran. There's no time to argue about <laughs> I time. I love it. I love it. She is so, it's so funny. It's so simple. The The creator of Warp Drive, the man who's supposed to be the inspiration for everything that ever happened, is hitting on Deanna Troy. And he's drunk on tequila. I love it. Barely <laughs> hitting on her. Oh, he's in here. <laughs> yeah. Barely? But it's, it's what happened off barely. screen. It's what happened when they didn't show uh, it that she's talking about. Fine. Yeah. But there was no time for that. And she knew it. Even right. if she was drunk. I know. Yeah. But she, she was trying. She's, I found him. Here he is. And he's blotto. <laughs> I love it. So, Chris, what was your favorite moment? Uh, I'd have to say, and there's so many to choose from. I got to say, um, you know what? Uh, thy. I can't think of the episode. Yeah, because I love it when she's able to complete the the command test. I think that's strong because it shows a different element of the character mm. that we haven't seen right. before. Right. My favorite hands down ep episode where Troy is doing some stuff is uh, a fistful of datas. When they go into the holodeck right. and they're all dressed as cow, it's a Western mm -hmm. and she is dressed the part and really gets into it. And I thought for me, at least 
that was the first time in the series that she got to do something totally different and kind of have fun. And I really enjoyed that. And as a secondary answer, because I'm uh, channeling my inner Adina, having more than one answer, (laughs) is uh, I loved her in, uh, oh my gosh, what's the name of the episode where Data has uh, his daughter? Oh, um, come on, help me out oh, here. Wow. I can't believe I the can't offspring, remember. The offspring, the offspring, yes. The offspring. Before we get yelled I, at by people. I, <laughs> I thought that she was really good in that episode, too. So it, mine is more episodic than moment. Okay. Um, so there you go. That's fair. And I, I think my answer is similar in that it's her episode, Face of the Enemy. Oh, oh yes, yeah. great. That was good. And, and I think really it good. was on a rewatch of that episode in the last year or two is what made me really want to talk about this because that she, she wakes up, you know, yeah. having been drugged and kidnapped and surgically altered, and she's expected to function. And she does. Yeah, she nails it. Functions the heck out of that, you know. And and I feel like that was when I had my first kind of wake up call to, oh my gosh, this really is an amazing character. That that might be one of my kind of extra secret special favorite episodes. I just think that episode was so good and was so different for even that season too. Like Mm -hmm. it was a standout episode for me. So that's a great choice, Adina. I know, but doing that. Doing what you mentioned about, you know, taking the command test in, in thine own self, which I thought was, you know, all these things. Like, this is one of, I think, one of the most well-developed characters in the show. We see her really? do so, well, because we see her do so many different things. Hmm. We actually, I was thinking about this, out of any of the characters, I feel like we get more insight into her life even before the series because we know her mother. So we know her right. mother, we know details about her father, we eventually know about her sister, you know, we little get little snippets about her time at university on Beta Z in the Tin Man episode. Right. There's just and then, you know, and of course her relationships, you know, she had this really big relationship with Riker, but then not, but then eventually she does, you know, like there's so much that we get on her overall character that we just don't get with anyone else. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Because mm, I was thinking when yeah. I was doing my Dr. Crusher breakdowns, I was thinking, like, I thought of her as the one who's able to do a lot more that goes outside of her role as doctor, mm. where she, like, is the captain. She becomes a a detective at one point and a bunch of other stuff. But I think Troy is like that. And you're right. We don't get to know about anyone else's parents, really. We had the one scene with Picard's mom in uh, who's like the his imagination. Mm-hmm. But we really don't know much about his childhood until we get to Picard. Whereas, yeah, that's yeah, right. You're right with Troy, and, we get all that stuff throughout the series. Right, and partly because they kept bringing Lawaxana back, you know, so that whole relationship develops. One where, of one of the great reoccurring yeah. roles in yes. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You, yes. you couldn't ask for someone to have more fun than playing that role from oh, what yeah. she had been before. I mean, yeah. really, she just had, you know, like, I, I get to cut loose and have fun. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. So I, I think through that, you know, we see, because they talk about her dad more. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, right, the sister. And there was, oh, and then, of course, in the first season, there was Haven. She was betrothed. Oh, right. Oh, the Haven right. guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> there, I mean, really, there's, there's so, like, if you go through and look all the threads of her life, 
you know, we get a little bit of parentage from others. You know, we have the episode with Worf's parents. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we see Picard's brother. Mm-hmm. We oh, see yeah, a teeny yeah. tiny snippet of Picard's dad in Tapestry. We mm-hmm. really don't get Beverly Crusher's background or family at all. We we know actually very little about her background. Just just mm-hmm. that weird episode mm-hmm. with the oh. ghost. And even then, other than Oof. she was kind of partly raised by her grandmother, there's really like yeah. Yeah. There's, that's that's it. There's it's it's not not much. I and and I wish they would have with I wish we would have learned more even about Jack Crusher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and even with like Worf's parents, I wish we they were so delightful. Yeah. And um just I wish we would have gotten a little bit more with them. That was mm-hmm. such great tender-hearted good fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh and we got it. You're right. I I think the best example of exploring someone's family is with Troy and Loaxana, her mother. Mm-hmm. I had never considered that before. Yeah. And to and, and to see like even Troy like kind of take care of her mother and not just in the dark page episode when she's having the dark stuff, but like uh half a life. Yes. Oh great oh, episode. Yeah, half a life. She you was know, just really all like, these things. Yeah. Mom comes and Troy's kind of like psychoanalyzing, you know, like every like mom, you're you know doing this, you're doing that. You know, like I love how they had Troy because because Loxana, her mother, could be quite testing and mm-hmm. demanding mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not really caring about <laughs> protocol and what's proper all the time, uh, except for when she had to talk about her holder of the sacred chalice of Reese or whatever, you know. And, uh, uh, and the, um, yeah. But they really did a great job, I feel, of her working through that as a professional adult working through that and trying to love and honor her mother and respect her mother, but at the same time, figuring out how to set boundaries, such Mm -hmm. a hard thing to do um, Mm -hmm. as adult kids, whose parents, um, you know, still have have (laughs) opinions about your life and the decisions you make. Uh, But I felt like they portrayed that really well, Mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. But but of course, as a teenager watching it, I was, you know, I didn't know any well, of that stuff. Right. But now right. looking back. And that that's kind of yeah, that was like I said, was kind of the genesis for this is I've seen these episodes a thousand times, but it was in some recent rewatch that I was like, huh, mm-hmm. especially because I'm, I'm older, I think, than she was. I mean, actually further even along in my career than she was at the time right. of the show. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I love too about Troy. Like, in, in Face of the Enemy is a great example of her being able to dig her boot heels in and do what she's got to do to survive, while trying to do the right thing too and figuring that out. Like, how do I have the best in- outcome possible here in these absolutely unbearable circumstances, nightmarish even? Um, but really, Troy speaks her mind throughout the whole series she's not afraid to say this is what i think this is what i think we should do um she's got that sensitive side the caring side the mothering side the counts professional counselor side mm-hmm. to her of course but they i mean adina this is making the character come to life mm-hmm. is, is, right you know, like yeah. like she they really did oh my gosh she might be the most well-developed character in the next generation right exactly I mean, and wow. she has a relationship with Worf's son. She's helping Worf's son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had a pregnancy and had a had a kid for a day on her yeah, own. Yeah, for a day. Yeah. There's so much. There is so much. 
she helped out Barclay. All over again. Thank you. It'd be very interesting to wonder when the creators of Next Generation, when they were laying out the ground rules of what the characters were going to be, did they consider it was going to go this far? in her development or did they say okay so she is the first ship's counselor she's empathic she can read people's emotions she can feel things she's going to advise the captain on what to what these perceptions mean did they really think like it was going to just or did they just say you know let's just go on some interesting tangents of her character and develop her fully but why didn't you know as you're saying she's the most well-developed one not so much the other characters. Did they just like home in on her and say, this is the one we want to really develop? Well, I think, I think, I, I think, just... I guess, uh, I'm sorry, Dina. I, okay. you got me so passionate about this now. <laughs> I, I guess yes. probably if, Success. if there was going to be um, other characters that could be in the running, we have to say data. Mm-hmm. And if, yes. Of course, his whole trek to become, pun intended, to become He's human the throughout the He's whole series, boy. right? Yeah. Um, and obviously, Picard as well. I mean, just mm-hmm. as far as screen time, I guess that, that that's not well, that's necessarily the same as character development, though. Because he doesn't mm-hmm. get a lot of like. I feel like he doesn't get like. If you look at Worf, he gets a lot of growth, a lot of backstory, mm-hmm. whereas Picard is just a bit more comfortable with he with himself and with everyone else by the mm-hmm. end. There's mm-hmm. not a huge change from Picard season one to Picard. Um, he did a little more action seven. as yeah. the series went on, but that's right. that's a that's about it. Yeah, he yeah. fell in love a couple times. Mm-hmm. the The episode "Family" mm-hmm. in season four was tremendous background work and just a beautiful, lovely episode that all the way might around. Might be one of my favorite Picard episodes. Yeah, honestly. me too. And favorite next gen episodes for me personally mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you're right, Chris. Worf had tremendous development. I always loved his episodes where he got to learn about the Klingons and mm-hmm. how they did that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jordy had you know, Jordy fell and had issues with being in love and had some background stuff. Mm-hmm. He had his own Romulan episode too, remember, where he mm-hmm. had that to work so together good. with that other. Oh, uh, you're thinking, Romulan I was thinking of the kidnapped one. Um, the the what's it called where he becomes a Romulan agent annoyingly oh, no that was different yeah that was a yeah, different, different that was different the mind's eye that's the one I was thinking of but yes, the one no the, the one where he gets stranded on a planet and he's him in the enemy 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 minor no yeah, something like that something at, oh, the I'm enemy on that the I think this is the, the enemy. enemy yes yeah okay but the thing is with that with the enemy though. <laughs> It's not, I don't think it can be, any, it, it, it's nowhere near the level of face of the enemy because yeah, I agree 100%. he's stranded and he's doing mm-hmm. exactly what's expected in a situation like that. It's not, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's a hard ship. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he doesn't have to pretend, you know, he's still, he's doing exactly yeah. what he should mm-hmm. be doing given the mm-hmm. circumstances. He the doesn't stakes to... are higher with Troy in yeah, her circumstances. in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's the thing is, and, and. So LaForge, and again, as much as I love Starfleet Engineers, and, and I love every single, you know, I, I love every single character, but he doesn't do a lot of different things. He's an engineer all the way through. Mm-hmm. Right? And he has the uh, the other situation. Uh, what's her name? Leah Brahms, which is like, um, that's the other, that that's one of his, like, if you were to talk about Jordy, like, what's his biggest problem? Probably that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you're right. He he's an engineer. He doesn't get a lot outside of that. Right. He, he Adina, does, can yeah. I'm sorry. Oh. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. And maybe for the whole team too. Sure. Is there a point in the series, whether originally or as we've rewatched it through the years, that where you first said, where you remember saying, "I like Troy. I like that Troy." Be, is there an episode or a scene hmm. and as far as that goes? I want to say, I, I think, go, so going back to, right, when I was a, a teenager watching the show for the first time, and, and I watched pretty much all, you know, all of it in its first run, I want to say Troy probably, and this is this is not a pun, but it's going to come out like one, She pop, the character popped for me in the episode The Child. The first episode of season two. I don't think that deserves a but I'm bum ching. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that was I don't I don't know. That that episode always for some reason huh. stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I think well, it's because it's just the amazing thing yeah. of what she she dealt with in like two days of time, like a day or two mm -hmm. of time. Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard because like with those characters, like I grew up with them. Like I think I was like four or five, so I just felt like they were always there, second family. So I loved everybody, even though. Mm -hmm. And then it was later, and then it, when I got older, I was like, oh. Then I started to see the flaws in the characters, mm -hmm. and that maybe, like for example, like Troy wasn't always utilized in the most effective ways as she could have been. Well, yeah, for, for me, episodes. okay, having grown up watching the original series first run watching the movies and then you're you have a different you have a new type of character added whereas the emotional or the philosophical character i guess was dr mccoy on the original series but he was always the grumpy grumpy guy here you have someone who is very i know i'll use the term that i would have probably 1987 she was very touchy-feely and that was never something that you really saw uh, in the original characters, that they were all touchy-feely. So it was hard to get into her character, but as it progressed and you could see how they were utilizing her character, it was very important because you need to have someone to express the emotional side. Whereas, you know, it was always boldly going and now they're feeling their way around. Yeah, let's talk about our feelings. Yeah, well, what's interesting is that, and and I I want to now now I'm motivated to kind of find some of this information. I wish I had thought about this before today to find mm -hmm. it today, but I want to see if there's any information on the creation of the character because mm -hmm. Roddenberry was was very involved in the creation of the next generation characters, and so I'm wondering like, and I think I feel like we've heard about casting. Picard and what he mm -hmm. wanted out of that you know character and casting for like what he wanted out of the character of Worf and Wesley we've heard a lot of things about that he was a, a really loved the character Wesley so now I'm curious what did he think about and mm. who conceived of the character originally and what did he think about that if he loved him so much Wesley why did he have the captain say shut up Wesley once <laughs> yeah. that was just once, once. But, once but that's once. enough that was stuck but like the only thing I know stuck. about that I've heard about like the creation of Troy was I believe it was the generations um commentary where they were where the writers were talking like Ronald D Moore and Brandon Braga were talking about Troy and they said a lot of it was because of the big therapy craze of the 80s but I don't know beyond that. Like the like mm -hmm. the weird thing is, it's like I can't think of another time where 
two different actors are where two actors are cast for a different part, but then they just flip, and it seemed like because like I think like Tasha or, or um not Tasha what's why can't I think of her name Denise Crosby Denise Crosby the actress yeah was like was originally supposed to play Troy and then Marina Sergis was supposed to Ooh, play Tasha wow. and then that they like, realized oh they should flip <laughs> they, so it's just no, weird that uh, it's so interchangeable in that sense no no well, but it's not they're, interchangeable they're very, you know no, and yeah no but i, I mean I the fact that they were able to easily just say oh yeah why don't you just switch the characters with each other yeah. switch the actors right well that's I, what i mean yeah i don't but again i don't think that it's it's easy i feel like it's the the eye of the people who are involved in casting and they're like mm-hmm. yeah this mm. doesn't make sense let's try something else that might make sense and then yeah so they got it right mm. so okay fair so, getting back to my original question, what was your original? <laughs> what was your original question? Was there an episode? <laughs> I've been I've been combing through Paramount Plus as app, mm-hmm. looking at the episodes, and oh my goodness! And I'm because I'm going. I I remember when I was like, oh, that is different for Troy, and I was like, I like her a lot more now. And it took until the fourth season, which, by the way, mm-hmm. if you haven't looked through all the fourth season episodes really good stuff here but episode number five from season four disaster where she oh yes yes that was season five though i think oh you're right season five yeah disaster i think Um, is like her big turning point for me that's when i was like okay they're really doing something different with her character um and so that was for me that was my answer to my i think that's so cool because it's like then she's actually in command and it's like she's learning that hey, she doesn't actually have the skills she needs, mm-hmm. but she pulls it off. Like the way she's able to hold her ground with um uh linking on names. I want <laughs> yeah. to say the big salad. Ensign Row. Big salad. That's you know, that's the Seinfeld thing where she she's involved and she buys a big George buys uh, a big okay. salad and then Ensign Row <laughs> takes credit for it. <laughs> well, another she had she had another great episode in season yeah. five, Power Play. Power play is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It is brutal. I mean, loved her in that too. So I, for me, as I'm looking through all the episodes listed here, I think season five, she that's when we begin to see that turn towards mm-hmm. her getting a taste of something more, wanting command, wanting more like that. It's brilliant. I, those two episodes for me were. But then there's all oh, the good. Barkley episodes where it's just like her periodically. <laughs> you get to see what her. Not Cast that off being, your inhibitions. Well, yeah. But what her but like not day job isn't the right term. But yeah. there's but like, a lot of yeah. But no, I think day job is the right term mm, for that. Right. And then oh. we do see her do where she's not a major part, but she's yeah. there to for yep. the other character to play off, like to play off of. And yep. a lot of like in a lot of those scenes, some of her lines are are perfect. My goodness. You Are have... you talking about like holodeck, Troy? You mean like when she's actually like no, no, one-on-one no. therapy with, with yeah, Barkley? With, with with Barkley or other people. Yeah. Yeah. Like the loss. And and I feel like the oh, loss is the, the one episode I struggle with. But it's but then I'm like realizing it's like, well, everyone can't always be at their best. So okay, so they're also showing us her not at her best. You know, she's basically, yeah, like has a limb cut off and is struggling as anyone should or would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good episode. It, it's, mm-hmm. I always, I love going back to that one. Cause you get to see, like, I feel like with the, like for maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like there's, 
she's only ever mean in very extreme situations where I feel like everybody else has said something mean where she's 99% the nicest person all the time and is never like mm-hmm. I agree with that. That's a great brutal. Thought. Except when something sci-fi is happening, like she lost her powers or she's being turned into something evil by the mediator guy whose name Make I can't think stop. of. Make it oh, stop. that is Make you know how terrifying stop. that is? Like yeah. that that horrifies me. Not like yes, he, of course he wiped out the entire planet and this whole species, but <laughs> he also survivor. just like no big deal. he's in three episodes survivor. Put a song right? like that thing stuck in her head. That for? <laughs> yeah. I that seats, yeah. you know, what back, you know, again, back in the day as a teenage, young teenager, I'm trying to think of when the, it's how old or young I was, but I remember going like that episode, I got it, but I was like, you know, like, oh, they, you know, I just, I wasn't a Troy fan in that way. So it was just like, now that I'm analyzing this here, sitting in this chair behind the microphone, <laughs> Hearing you smart people talk about her, I'm like, holy cow. But I never noticed that either because what I find is interesting about Troy is that like day to day, I feel like she's not given a lot to do, but spread out, you see that she's given a lot. But like mm-hmm. most episodes, it's like, oh, they're lying. Okay, well, we but know it's that. Not, but that's exactly it. Most ep- there's Every now and then there's a little bit of that. There's I more. Feel like, I feel like there's, there's so much more hmm. to it then she gets a lot of other lines, but they're like, mm-hmm. might be one line here, one line there. So it's not a lot, but it's just just enough. To... Right, okay, maybe. And I think that's part of her day job as a counselor is to, she really truly is there to counsel everybody, and she does. Yeah. By the way, Adina. Yeah. Did you make that Afghan sitting behind you there? Yes. There's a, it looks brown and tan and gray or something. Yes, it's a crocheted thing. Everyone. I crocheted this when I was pregnant with my my little one. Oh, okay. It's not, Sorry. it's supposed to be a rectangle. It's not a rectangle. <laughs> hey, so many crocheters before you have yep. set out to make a perfectly well, symmetrical. you're supposed to count your stitches. <laughs> right, yes. And I was yes. like, I don't need to count my stitches. I will do this by feel. <laughs> And now it's a parallelogram. That's it's me with every piece of furniture a, I've uh, had to put together what? from Ikea. I'll just feel this. I'll, I'll channel my inner Troy and just feel this thing out. So we've been podcasting for how long? And I, this has been here like the whole time, you know. Well, I just caught my eye right now. I'm sorry. Okay. No, <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, that's the weird tangent. But uh, you just learned something more about Adina's characters getting mm-hmm. developed yeah, in this right. podcast today. Yeah, sometimes so. I crochet. Mm-hmm. And there's actually, after this, there's one, two, three, four. There's at least four other crocheted blankets in my house. They're very comfy. Huh. What happened? they're made by you. <laughs> that's well, yeah. yeah. See, what happens exactly. is I go in the craft store, and they have this really soft, really nice yarn on sale. So mm-hmm. I have to buy it, and well, then I have to crochet with it. It's like the fabric that Dr. Crusher wanted in Farpoint, where Troy was also like figuring out go. that there was something, mm-hmm. there was a lot going on because of the pain, terrible pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you, Chris, for bringing us back yes. to planet Troy. <laughs> Troy. What do you think about Troy, Steve? <laughs> I, again, as I said, you know, when it started off, it was like, I don't understand why she's there. That's not, they never had these types of characters before, but I, she became much better. I think I like her a lot in the movies. 
her character in the films mm. from first contact and then going into her her being in Picard and to me I mean one of the best moments that I've ever enjoyed I, I have enjoyed is that moment where Riker and Troy are in oh. Vadic's prison yeah and he said you know like you know I couldn't die without seeing your face one more time I mean that the the you know they could say about all the different things but right there you could see these are two people who truly love each other <laughs> and want to be together and I just they were so open yeah. and very well. I just love that that moment. That's such a great reminder, Stephen. That's that was such a human moment too. That's it what two really... people who are in that dire situation they said what they needed to say to each other in that moment. I felt mm-hmm. like it was written so beautifully, acted yeah. so beautifully between Marina Sirtis and Jonathan Frakes. Mm-hmm. It was it felt good and worked well because it was like, man, that's a discussion my wife and I might have in that situation if we were under those same circumstances, you know, you kind of say what you have to, to work through it. So you can get to the hugs. You can get to the, I really do love you with my life, you know? And then of course, Worf shows up and saves the day and it's okay. Which I'm really glad that I'm so glad that they, that Worf had the line where he was talking about thinking about her. I'm like, okay, I'm glad they finally acknowledged that. Yeah. Those two dated for a while. But that's like but just never... just a teeny little while, just, and that's it, and then done. A, I <laughs> almost, but I just wish they would have brought that up a little bit more. You know, let's <laughs> no. acknowledge it. I think it's one of the big mistakes of next generation uh-huh. is yes. the Wharf and Troy thing. I hated every second of it. I actually I like. like oh I actually gosh. love the two of them. I, I, Oh, no. yeah, really? I, I'm I'm on an I mean, I love Troy. <laughs> I know I it's not politically correct. Is, is this the concept that, of but... opposites attract? You know, is that's what it's supposed to be? <laughs> I don't think it's passe. I'm not just kidding. You like, I didn't like, like it, Chris. I'm, it's I'm okay, touchy feely. Like, no, I like to chop people's heads off. There's okay, be that's a term bad, you know, <laughs> for like not politically correct, but it's like directly to i don't know something that's like i'm getting i'm getting you know webster's I mean? dictionary out to see if that's a true word okay <laughs> i like but, where you're going with that but can i say one thing we need to set the record straight for movie troy that let's just let's just acknowledge she didn't crash the she didn't crash the enterprise she gets blamed for that all the time but like by the time she took the helm there was nothing she could do yep you're yep. right so let's just acknowledge that once and for all fans, she did not crash the ship. Absolutely. You heard it here on the big sci-fi podcast. Christian Fox himself. Yes. Making this clear Has for all of us. Has cleared her driving, her flying record. I tried to and I can. <laughs> she can get her Geico insurance The one again. time she gets to drive the ship. No, she no has one to, time we she, know. One time we know has, about. Right. She, well, and she had to try to make it land as smooth. That's what her job was. She had to try to make it land as smoothly. All the damage, all the decisions had already been made, right, Chris? She was trying to just keep I it from so, flipping head over tail. To figure out what she could have done because it was it Nothing. was Data who was like trying to level the descent. So I think like, she was just, just just kind of monitoring instruments and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think there was anything that could have been no one could have done anything. By at that the point. way, yeah, let's, that let's scene by still the way. looks good. It does. That is all model work, folks. Mm-hmm. Model work. That is so all one hundred percent model work, and cool. it still looks good to this day. Yeah, but, but just I to digress. Safety, I tangent a little. For parents out there, okay, here's a tip: <laughs> if you're in a ship and it's crashing, don't put people in the beds. Right or underneath glass? What was that about? Yeah. The glass was shattering everywhere on the Enterprise yeah. when that thing went down. 
it sounded good. It looked good. And we went, oh, no, glass. But glass. Steve's rubbing his head, folks. We yeah, need to get back to, get Troy. back to Troy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm enjoying oh, this. Since we, since we went there in the Picard, I mean, that's, that was, I, I want to say, you know, that there was that scene, yes, that Steve, you mentioned. But I feel like the whole time that they were in, they being Troy and Riker, and seeing just what had happened to the characters over the yeah. years, and the fact that they, after they got married, they did have kids, yes. and then they lost one of those kids. Uh-huh. So you know, here you, you've got Troy that she's she's been through everything. She's lost a dad. Yeah, she mm-hmm. sort of lost a sister. I mean, like she did lose a sister, but she didn't know she did until she was older. Um, it's quite very likely at that point she's lost her mother, and now she's even lost oh. a kid. You know, and, I mean uh, that's. Has someone written a novel about the death of Luoxana Troy and what that could, how that could have happened? And is ask, that out ask there? Ask in a couple. Ask and ask me that in a couple weeks. So we're gonna okay. talk to some Trek authors, some novelization author. I'm not gonna say who yet, but we're Sweet. gonna talk to some novelization authors oh. in a couple weeks. So I've been doing some homework. I've been reading some of their books and trace. And I have a bunch of questions for them about the different lines of development. Because as I, you know, some of the, the line, you know, like the plot lines and the timelines in the novels, now that Picard is out, they don't match. Yeah. Sure. Well, so I got to finish reading the last, the third book of that trilogy where it's like the end trilogy where they are like, hey, stuff is going down. And it's basically the end of the book universe so mm-hmm. that the timeline matches up with the. Well, yeah, I want to. I, I want to under. So when we talk, then we're going to talk about this because I want to understand. Because what I'm I'm reading now, things don't, things completely. Well, don't so if you read match. like the last trilogy, that it's like okay, where there's like, I don't know how much how spoiler you want to get, but there's stuff nope. that goes on nope. Not right that's now. supposed to like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, huh. make it interesting. Bit, but it's but, also disappointing because as much as I love Picard and I love season three, and I think they did a great job. I really like a lot of the storylines from the book universe Sure, that seemed a bit more true to what you would expect from a a continuation. Personally. I I agree with you. And and Adina, my question to you is, have we answered any more than just your first initial question about Troy? A little bit. I had some questions (laughs) written down. We've been mixing in. We've been mixing in lots of these other questions. What's a good next question? Oh gosh, I still have many. You know, I, I still have many questions. Well, I guess let, let's talk about the the whole counselor aspect because we mm. talked about this when we last had our episode when the four of us were talking about strange new worlds. I know I went off on the whole idea that wait a second, you know, we're very aware of PTSD and all these things, and why don't they have? Because he, you know, in the 1980s, they knew enough mm. to put make this person not just be part of the ship but be part of the bridge right. crew. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we've gone backwards uh, mm-hmm. in, in a, not in a good way. And I, I'm wondering if, and, and Chris, you said this a few minutes ago about, you know, there was a quote unquote, men, you know, therapy craze in the eighties, but I feel like that craze never ended. Well, yeah, it didn't end, but I think it started like it started. It was in the eighties. So do, does having that character there kind of, is that reflecting a broader message about mental health and well-being? And if so, what the heck happened? Well, because my issue is with Voyager. Like, why, like I get like they wouldn't need one for a three-week mission, but I just can't imagine that there's nobody on the ship. Like that, I yeah, thought you would think that somebody it. could step in. 
I mean, the fact that they have to have a volunteer nurse just to come in and put a couple of hours, like who's also the helmsman, mm-hmm. is problematic. So it just seemed like if any of the shows needed a counselor, well, actually, they all needed a counselor. And luckily, yeah. they got one with um, it with Esri in DS9. Yeah, and right. even that wasn't handled that well, I don't think. And it just feels like, yeah, because you, you're right. You have a character who's on the bridge because clearly people at Starfleet are like, we know stuff's going to happen on the bridge of the Enterprise. And we want to have someone there that can help, you know, I, would, deal uh, with here's, that. Here's food for thought, Chris. In Voyager, was Neelix the closest thing to a ship's counselor? I think he was the closest thing, but I think it's like the old, like, well, just because you're a bartender, just because you talk to people for a living, it's very different from actually being oh, a absolutely. counselor. Yep. So 100%. it's like, I just. It's more of a therapist than a counselor. Yeah, right. Exactly. So go. it's just, they that, needed. That's good, yeah. So it just seems odd that they wouldn't continue that tradition because clearly they, they realize that, hey, this is an important thing. You know, I think, was it in the 80s, late 70s, they were learning about PTSD? Or that it was starting to become more. I um, think it started to become more of a thing in the late '90s, if it, or or even later. Well, they were recognizing it with Mm. Vietnam vets coming home from the war, and how they reacted to their reception by the media Mm. and the public, and how. You know, different from the vets coming home from World War II who just clammed up and just didn't talk about it. And until grandpa said, oh, yeah, I was there at the Battle of the Bulge, you know, (laughs) Um, but I think I think that's what came out of this, that we started to recognize that, you know, people coming out have PTSD. Maybe it wasn't that exact words were used for the Vietnam vets, but something of that nature was coming out that you could see that they were affected by it mm-hmm. because we were, you know, we were more emotional. We were more open as in the 60s and the 70s and so on. So, yeah, I could see it developing and adding that character into Star Trek mm-hmm. because it would be needed. So, yeah. Well, do we think, too, like, like I don't want to over personally i'm just speaking for myself of course i I think sometimes we can overthink what writers originally were planning for because because i think a show that runs as long as seven seasons there's some changing and adapting of course you Mm enter you bring in one aspect of a character's history or whatever and then you go oh wait a minute that will open the door for this and this and that and the other thing and so i i'm wondering if even if it was a by chance happy um positive thing that they came upon with troy mm-hmm. um like uh, you know it's it is interesting they didn't have necessarily that type of character in deep space nine right away but it was also a different you have to consider it's, it was a different part of the trek universe it was more it was largely an alien universe as opposed to a human universe as next gen was mm-hmm. as far as the who we, who we were focused on you know so oh. I can excuse I it in Deep Space Nine for that reason. Mm-hmm. I can excuse it on Voyager because maybe the person who's supposed to be the counselor got killed in the initial thing. Mm-hmm. But right. e- coming now into Discovery and Strange New Worlds, even though those take place before, mm-hmm. I feel like given our real world knowledge and yeah. they should ha- they should absolutely have counselors and with some 
easily explain excuse why yeah. we never saw that on TOS. Like there was probably one there. We just right. never saw them because there yeah. was 400 and something people on the ship and we didn't see them all. Mm-hmm. You right. know? So, and I guess that's, what's disappointing to me because clearly mm-hmm. they both need that. And the yeah. only other one that I think is ha- has a counselor that we've seen is lower decks. And in that mm-hmm. they make fun of the dude in a, oh, in a way. They really? Well, yeah, I mean, they they use him, but he has a penchant for making metaphors with salad and food, like with food, oh, like yeah. every, oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of funny. It's cute. <laughs> it, and I'm mm-hmm. glad they have it. But like, again, shouldn't this be something, you know, discovery well, it, needs a counselor. Right. Stranger World well, needs a counselor. And, and again, like what Steve, you said that there's a difference between a real trained counselor mm-hmm. um, and a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um. And I would add for my profession, a pastor too, I do a lot of marriage counseling, but I actually say to people when they walk in my office, hey, I'm not a trained counselor. I have a certain set of skills that might help you. At some point, it may be that I'm going to actually suggest that you go to a professional. I will help you as far down the way as I can and be as positive to the situation as I can. But at some point, I'm going to tell you, hey, this has reached the end of my expertise and my knowledge and experience. And so as we're talking and as I'm thinking about Troy, like I'm really glad now, maybe even proud as a Trek fan like Adina is, that they really did a great job with Troy's character. Mm-hmm. And she was influential on the ship. She wasn't just someone some people went to boohoo to and have this moment where they can say, I'm upset at Captain Picard and you don't, you can't tell him anything, you know, mm-hmm. it was, she actually helped people in mm-hmm. their own character development, in their own lives, in their own careers. And in the end, what we get is this really strong woman character that had intense purpose and incredible um, abilities and talent beyond even just her own counseling career and expertise. Like she had a lot to offer. She was well-rounded in that way. Um, and so that's, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you guys, this is the sound of my mind blowing. I've never thought of Deanna Troy this deeply before. And she's also great in Voyager when she shows up. Mm-hmm. And she's influential to Voyager, like to Barkley getting the communications array working. Oh, I'd forgotten yeah. about that. It's a good little, uh, not trilogy. I think it's a couple of episodes, but it's a good side story. Um, I was going to say, I can't, I had some thought. I can't think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, I almost want to like, I mean, Brian, what you just said a second ago, was like, that was so perfect. I almost want to oh, end it. Can thanks. we end on, can we, can we end on that? Was, are we so done? Troy. We, we might be, because that okay. was just so okay. good. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well then. Wow. Do you guys have any last thoughts that you want to share about the amazing Deanna Troy? I do. Yes. Real briefly. I vote right now. I say we take a vote as the big sci-fi podcast crew that we never bring up the romance between Worf and Troy ever again on this podcast. I can do that. I can do that. I will three out of four. I, I will four it well, out of out of duress. Duress? What's the that's the word? Duress. Yep. I would rather talk about Worf being a terrible father, Chris. Oh, you there we go. I, you, 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 I, I, I was say, not going to. I was not going to bring that up. I then Troy I kept my and Worf's stupid mm-hmm. relation. What a but dumb I just want to say, even to... Brian called it out, 
in DS9 and so did Martok. So because right. he the even said thing. like, well, what do you care? You never see your son. Right. You're right. So, You're okay. Right. It's like what? On before we go on Deanna, Deanna. <laughs> on Adina's <laughs> list of questions or discussion points, she talks about Deanna Troy spinoff series. Oh, I did write that down as an idea. So let me just say, how about Star Trek Legacy? And she shows up on <gasps> that. Yes, I'd like to Still alive. She's right there. Yep. You can have all the girls together. They they driving imply, the enterprise. Yeah, and they imply that she's still actively counsel. You know, because she's having mm-hmm. a conversation with Data, and so the, there is the implication that she's actively doing her thing. Yes, she could absolutely be part of Star Trek Legacy. So I love there it. could be a spinoff, and I think it would work because, or at least a cameo or occasional appearance. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, remember it would be a ten episode season Ooh. but you yeah, yeah. i know we feel about all of them that way but again 24 she yep. could appear in that so that's true fingers crossed maybe that's true yeah that's true. i love more okay. troy that's i'll true. leave it with that i'll leave Chris, it with that. you have any final thoughts she was great when she was telling Riker off when he was getting all revengey trying to find captain picard when he thought he had died mm-hmm. that's a great scene that is and also, just one last quote, even though it's not, it's related to a Troy's quote. It's it's the drunk thing. It's like, who are you? Boyfriend? No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's husband. I love it. But that's why I love that sequence. It's so good. It really cool. is. Well, and and I think everyone obviously knows my feelings about Troy, given I'm the one who brought this episode to the table. Um, mm-hmm. I love the character. I'm going to keep watching it, rewatching it, and getting more tidbits out of it every time. So, guys, as we bring our spaceship back into orbit, I want to extend a heartfelt thank you to everyone who joined us on this appreciative deep dive into the one and only Deanna Troy. We hope this episode has given you a renewed sense of appreciation, like it did for Brian, <laughs> for our favorite half-betazoid counselor from the Enterprise date. And hey, if you find yourself pondering the galaxy's mysteries or facing a tricky moral dilemma, just ask yourself, what would Deanna do? And feel free to share your thoughts by emailing us at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast at Gmail or connecting with us on our social channels. Remember, we're a proud part of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, so make sure to explore trekgeeks.com for more trektacular content. Ooh. Until our empathic senses tingle again. Keep spreading love and understanding throughout the universe. Live long and prosper, and don't miss our next episode for another thrilling journey through the stars with the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Coconut!